This week, I go one-on-one with the great one of 2021, your Bassmaster Angler of the Year, the amazing fighter man, Seth Fighter on... I'm Bob Cobb from the Bassmaster. Welcome to Mercer. What's up, my wonderful fishing freaks? Welcome one, welcome all. Another week and another podcast. And happy Wednesday, happy hump day to all. I want to thank all of you for tuning in week after week. And thank all of our humpers for their incredible support of this show. Um, I thank you once again for tuning in. And today, Wednesday, you're not just celebrating this show. You're also celebrating it is National Milk Chocolate Day. That's a good one. National Buffalo Soldier Day. Buffalo Soldier. Dreadlock Rasta. And then it's also National Water Park Day. So all good, fun things. And this show will continue with that theme because this week's guest is um, the most unoriginal guest I could think of. Because he's probably on just about every single other podcast there is. But I couldn't think of having anyone else on but this guy. Because he truly is a... An amazing story. I mean, I've watched this guy come from a meek, quiet guy that, you know, I didn't really know in the Elite Series to the guy that I thought was about to be eliminated from the Elite Series to one of the most powerful forces in our sport. And he did it one way. Just by being himself. Just just, just by being who he is. And, um, and it's amazing. It's amazing to see him accomplish what many anglers believe is the biggest title in the sport and become a Bassmaster Angler of the Year. But I mean, this podcast doesn't have a lot of rules, but the one rule is we let our guests do the talking. So let's let him do the talking and welcome him in right now, the amazing fighter man, Seth Fighter. Seth Fighter, this is something new for you, I'm sure, this week. You have done none of these. You have talked. You've done no no podcast this is an exclusive right absolutely yeah i told everyone else they couldn't have me until mercer did (sighs) i am so thankful for that (laughs) dude last time i saw you we were burning down a bar actually i'm lying we we were burning down a bar then i saw you for a few minutes the next morning when we shot toyota talks and then you rode off into the sunset what has happened with seth fighter since becoming Bassmaster angler of the year um not a whole lot. I went to ICAST for like 10 hours and, uh, yeah, got home, uh, did this and actually fished a tournament yesterday. How'd you do? Uh, did not weigh in first time in my life. Yeah. Went back to Minnetonka and been there in a year and had about 11 pounds and let them, let them go. You're a man of the people. I mean, it's better to do that. I mean, you, you could roll up there as an angler of the year and kick everybody's butt, but it's better to just do that, right? I, w- I wish I would have won, but yeah, <laughs> no, not even close. Didn't even catch a three pounder. It was embarrassing. Oh, yeah, happens happens to everyone. Talk to me about iCast, dude, because I, I and I know what was compared this iCast. How different was this iCast compared to the very first iCast you ever attended? Uh, yeah, way different. Um, it was actually like a smaller show this year, which was really cool. Like that, like I remember a couple of years ago, they let like everyone in there and it was insane. Yeah. Like, 
you couldn't do anything. It was just pretty much just media this year. And um, like I said, I wasn't there too long. Did a couple hours at a few booths and kept her moving. How much has your demand increased? You, you know, like I'm assuming, you know, there's been years you were going to ICAST and some of your sponsors didn't even know whether you were coming or not. And this year they were all probably, hope, you know, say you better be in my booth. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different. Couldn't go very far without running into somebody, but uh, it's nice. Good problems to have. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. cool timing, too, to, 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 to win Angler of the Year and then go to ICAST. I'm sure that's a good payoff for your sponsors. What, what, what was coming home like? I mean, have you had a chance to relax at all, or has it been nonstop Zoom communication? A lot, lot of interviews, but I, I've had a couple of days to chill out. I didn't do much. Uh, yeah. Hung out with the family, had a little party with my daughter, and then we're gonna have a big party Saturday night at the local pub, also known as the Double Wide. The Double Wide? That's yeah. is that really the name of the pub? Yeah, and it's actually a double wide. I mean, it's a bar inside. There's no like old 1970s carpet in there, and that doesn't have that old recliner that smells like <laughs> du dust. But uh, yeah, it is actually a double wide. It's a good spot. Wow. And so who explain to me the double wide, who hangs out at the double wide? Is, is these all your friends or is this just a local bar? Yeah, what, what? it's just, it's a local pub. It's uh, the town I live in is not that big. There's, uh, I guess, two or three bars, but the other two are more like restaurants. This is like the drinking, drinking establishment. Um, good spot to party. Yeah. yeah. Like a walk I home, which is nice. I'm feeling we should have done this interview from the double wide. I should have held off and said, let's do it Saturday night. Yeah. Wouldn't it be the greatest one? There you go. Maybe, well, yeah. maybe we will. Who knows? We'll see. Dude, I think one thing that is clear to me about all the different people who have won the title that you won, um, they're all different people from all different walks of lives. You know, they have all different skill sets. Some are better at some areas. Some are better at others. But the one thing that I find with this sport and the people that succeed in it is it's not a want. You hear people say, I want to fish for a pro. I want to be a pro angler. I want to do this for a living. It's almost a need. And, and when I talk to people, it seems like they have a moment in their life where they're like, they knew that I need to do this for the rest of my life. Did you have a moment like that? Um, I mean, it's something I've always wanted to do, but I know what you're saying though. Like I, there's nothing else on planet earth I could do. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like I'd just be really terrible at whatever job I would be doing other than this. You know, it's like a lot of us that are fishing at this level, there's nothing else we could do, you know? Um, so I guess we kind of need to do it to have any success in our life. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a dream of mine since I was nine or 10. I mean, never really thought much of it till like in my mid twenties is actually being like a feasible plan or something like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, ever since I was nine years old, it's all I've ever wanted to do. One of the things you said to me, um, and I don't even know when it was, but I just remember you saying it at some point, you were like, I never even thought of angler of the year. Why is that? You, you know, you told me you not thought of it until really until you were in contention for it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like my goal is uh, every year is to make the classic and whether you're angler of the year or the last guy in the classic spot, like you had a good year, you know, that's always been the goal. And I've always kind of tried to focus on 
trying to win a tournament or two every year versus angler of the year. And uh, just maybe never thought I was good enough of an angler to be in that contention for something like that. And, uh, you know, I always thought, you know, maybe I could win one or one of the tournaments we had up north or something like that, you know, it was kind of like what I was shooting for every year. But, um, yeah, this year, you know, starting off really well down south and then, you know, getting towards the end of that southern swing and still being in that position, that's when it was like gear shifted and it was like i think i know i had good tournaments up north but i think it probably hurt me even though champlain had a really good tournament st lawrence was decent i think it i shouldn't say hurt me but it changed the way i fish like i probably would have stayed on large mouse a lot more at champlain than not spent you know the majority of my practice trying to find 17 18 pound bag of smallies to save points you know what i mean yeah yeah I Talk to me about that first morning, dude, because it's well publicized, dry heaving, almost puking, whatever the situation was. In retrospect, do you look back on that as a good memory? I mean, because of that feeling, there's only one person who gets that feeling every single year, and that's the person who was in the position you were in. Yeah. No, looking back, it was. It felt like <laughs> hell at, time, at the time, though. I mean, that first morning at St. Lawrence, I think I had my alarm set for – four or something i woke up at three o'clock couldn't fall back asleep pacing dry heaving right before i got to the ramp um go up pull up to my first spot and lose the first four fish that bite and it was like i was going like an alley like i i'm like this is how it ends right here i'm gonna bank yeah. on the saint lawrence river and hand chris johnson a trophy but uh we got the wheels back on the i mean it probably made like it probably made it cooler that it went that oh, way yeah. like if i had to pull up to my first spot and cut four big ones like in the first 20 minutes so it'd be like oh we got it it's over but having a little struggle and then catching them late in the day probably made it a little more exciting like i was definitely more jacked up when i did catch them if you know versus pulling up and just catching them right away when that's happening what's going through your head i, I would imagine from the outside i gotta feel like in your head you're being haunted by the yeah it's unlikely i'm gonna lose this lead but there's always that guy yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, no, I, and I might be him. <laughs> that's all I thought about for the whole, you know, I think we had a little good break before we went up North in that last month. I just thought about everything that could possibly go wrong, you know, blowing up a motor, motor falling off the back of your boat, GPS switching times on you coming in an hour late, you know, losing fish, breaking fish off, whatever it may be. And then, for the tournament to start out like that i was like my nightmares are coming true it's happening this, this is how we blow the lead we lose every fish that bites so how did you fix things what was it just a matter of starting to put them in the boat or or did, yeah. you, did you change anything or yeah no i went i changed and went shallow yeah um went to the first place i saw a couple big ones caught one of them went to the second place i saw a big one i caught it and then getting those fish in the boat really just settled me down and um then it was certain it was fun after that you know what does uh, first of all what, what what does high school seth fighter think of you if high school seth fighter could look look ahead just think back grade nine grade 10 whatever um and when you were dreaming of this what do they think of what has happened with your life if you could talk to that person would, would they believe it uh no <laughs> yeah, definitely not i mean this was the dream but i mean i'm a vikings fan i'm just used to 
dreams never coming true, you know? Oh God, they are a heartbreaking team, aren't they? <laughs> it's just Minnesota in a nutshell. Yeah. We just like, it just never works out. We're just kind of used to it, you know? So well, Min- I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'd be, I'd be jacked. But I, I, I probably, I don't know. It's better that I didn't know it was going to end up this way. Looking back as a 14 year old, if I knew it would have ended up this way, it probably wouldn't have been near as much fun. What was high school Seth fighter like? And I don't think I've ever oh, even freaking asked you this. <laughs> not, not cool at all. Loser, not good at sports. Didn't have many friends. Um, didn't attend a lot of school either. Um, was not a great student or kid. Um, like I know, I know I had to go to night school to graduate because I missed so many days. Um, and then, yeah, like if it was 70 and sunny in May, like no way I was at school. Like I was down, I was up, I'd skip school and go fishing. I don't know if kids want to hear this, but that's the truth. Like, yeah, it was, I was not a model student. I wasn't going to college. I wasn't good at any sports. Um, kind of a loser. Um, but whatever. I mean, I always tell people if there's any point in your life and, and honestly, if you're in high school and you're having a hard time, here's the motivational moment. If there's any point in your life that isn't going to go good, that is the best point of your entire life. Honestly, when you think about Absolutely. it, it, it is the smallest window. It's, it's four years. You know what I mean? And it, yeah. so it, things will get better and you could end up with your own mustache account, the La Mustache. Like, yeah. I mean, you, you, you are more than just an angler of the year. You have become a character and appendages of your body have their own character. How strange is that? Yeah, no, it's insane. And yeah, like most of the cool kids in high school, they're freaking losers now. <laughs> they have some terrible job they hate, uh, you know? Yeah, it worked out in the end, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, everything's going pretty well right now. Hopefully we can keep her going but yeah better off than i ever could have dreamed of really you said when it's 70 and sunny in may we're going do you think there's a thing for being from the north and i always kind of have this weird theory where almost people are more obsessed with bass fishing just because it's we have we feel a little bit of that deer hunting feel you know what i mean if people are so obsessed with whitetail hunting because it's such a small window you can do it we have that for bass fishing do you agree with that Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we have a fishing opener, closed seasons, ice on the lake for half the year. I mean, when May rolls around and, you know, it's nice out, it's go time. So, yeah, I think that does, you know, I might not be as into fishing as I am if I did grow up down south where you could do it 12 months out of the year. I mean, I probably would be, but um, there's definitely something to be said about, you know, the short, sweet season. So what, outside of the Vikings and fishing, what else are you into or have been into throughout your life? Uh, duck hunting. That's like, <laughs> I think it's my favorite thing to do, but it's kind of one of them deals, like, just like you were talking about with fishing season. And, you know, I fish like nine months out of the year now and duck hunt for a couple. So I think if I duck hunted nine months out of the year and fished for a couple, I'd probably like fishing better, but it's my favorite thing to do when I'm not fishing. What, what is different about the, I mean, other than the obvious, um, what is different about duck hunting? What do you get from duck hunting? That's so different than fishing. Um, nowadays fishing, like I'm pretty much by myself all the time. Like it's the team tournaments are over. We're not practicing with anybody. You're by yourself. Uh, and 
you know, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll have EK with me one day, but like, you're pretty much by yourself the whole time. Obviously your room with your buddies, you hang out a little bit at night, but duck hunting, like you're with your boys all day long, you know, you're bullshitting, t- cutting up, telling jokes and, you know, you get down for a minute if some birds are coming and, you know, deer hunting is kind of just too much like fishing for me. I know a lot of guys are into it, but I mean, you're just sitting in a stand by yourself, sun up to sun down and like completely alone, which I get it if you're like, I, that's nice too at sometimes, but you know, that's pretty much what fishing's like for me now. So it's nice to go hang out with the boys, you know, you get four or five being a blind and, you know, kill some good mallards. It's, it's a good time. Speaking of your roommates, I was a little upset that, that you did not cry on stage, but but I, I believe one of them may have. Will you there talk to me about that? There was a lot of crying going on until the last tournament. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't see Girl cry. Um, I heard he made a lot of people cry. Gussie said he was crying when he was listening to... I was off doing something stupid. I missed the Chris Girl way in. Um, but Gussie said he was tearing up and then Maddie was crying behind the stage because I gave him a couple spots and he made the classic off of them and said nobody ever did that for him. So yeah, everybody was crying. My wife was crying. It was, it was weird. Except for you. You're, do you, have you, I've only cried a couple times in my life. The last time I cried was when my dog died. And I was like, I don't know. 18 or something like that i don't know it, it's been well i shouldn't say that i've cried i cried twice my first year driving home from tournaments i cried driving home from the sabine river and i cried driving home from lake gunnersville why what what, what i mean but i don't mean just like defeat and like i'm not good enough to do this like my whole dreams coming to an end like sabine was my very first elite series tournament i ever fished i was all jacked up blank blanked the first day did not get to weigh in on my first day on the elite series um then gunnersville went and finished back to you know i finished like 95th or something at gunnersville just terrible like you know like just utter defeat you know like i can't fish with these guys i'm not good enough um and you know, I, I yeah, I'm more likely to cry from being sad than being happy. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it um, how how do you go from driving home in tears, literally, you know, as a guy who doesn't cry, to angler of the like, what, 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 how? I mean, I I get it. You know, that it went on for a while. You you, you had a tough time when you first started. Everyone's going to talk about that. But, but how did you turn it around? Like, what, what was the, was there a moment? Was there a person? Was there a motivation? Uh, yeah, no. Um, it was a second year. I would think I was sitting. We were going to Mille Lacs for AOI. I was sitting decent, like had a chance to qualify for it. Second to last tournament of the year was at Potomac River. I finished like 85th, knocked me out of really hope to going to Mille Lacs. you know I spent a ton of time there I thought I could win that event if I got there and then you know I was not doing good on sponsor money not really you know it was up until that point the first two years I'd cashed you know three checks my first year three checks up until that point my second year so I mean I'm not making any money like zero dollars I mean maybe breaking even at best probably not um I kind of just said can we swear on this show? Yeah. Oh, sh- sure. Oh, okay. Shit, yeah. yeah. I kind of just said, fuck it. Going to 
uh, lacrosse. That was like in my head. That was the last Elite Series tournament I was ever gonna fish. I said I'm gonna quit trying to fish for 50th place. You know, and it's when you start out like getting those checks is everything. And um, you know, if you my whole goal every tournament was 50th place, and that's just never ends well. You got to try to do really good to end up in 50th place. Um, I just said F it, went to lacrosse, fished how I thought the tournament would be won. I was wrong, but um, either way, I had an amazing tournament, finished second place, made it, the, got the last spot into Malax, went to Malax, won the tournament, and it's been amazing ever since. But, but yeah, it was, that, it was that Potomac River tournament, finishing 85th place, you know, out of hope, out of money, and I was over it. Everybody knows that part of the story. But what, what I mean is like between that tournament, it was it just simply that it took everything being pulled away from you for you to finally be you? Like, like you know what I mean? For you to finally be free? Yeah, exactly. I was trying to be, you know, what I thought the typical pro or ideal pro was that sponsors wanted trying to get sponsors and yeah i was at the end of my ropes i was in my head potomac river was the last tournament i was ever gonna fish and yeah just said f it and went back to being me and ever since then you you have literally i don't know that other than yesterday's tournament i mean you were really rough there but outside of that i mean elite series competition i mean you've pretty much caught them every single tournament since i mean it really has been amazing so what riddle me this what what is what is the biggest mistake i mean when you look back at those first two years what what would you do different in never mind when you had success but what would you wish you had it done quicker or did you have to go through all that to become what you are today I think so. I mean, a lot of it was, you know, lack of confidence. I was super intimidated. Um, you know, that's a weird feeling. You know, those guys were all my idols and you pull up and line up next to them and you got Greg Hackney on one side of you and Van Dam on the other side of you your first blast off. It's like, holy shit. Like <laughs> this ain't the opens anymore, you know? And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I got over the intimidation factor a few tournaments into it, but um, I think it all everything happens for a reason, you know. If I would have had, you know, even mediocre success where I was, you know, getting some checks and some, um, you know, decent finishes, this probably never would have happened. I probably maybe still would have been just scraping by trying to be something I wasn't. And everything happens for a reason. It was, it was, it's all in, you know, it's all predetermined. You believe that? Absolutely. Every, everything's all. Absolutely. I know the winner of the tournament's predetermined before we get there. Nobody knows who it is. The guy who's going to win it doesn't even know who it is, but everything happens for a reason. Like one ex specific example, like uh, we were at Gunnersville. Um, it was here Jamie Hartman won. Yeah. I was having a pretty good tournament, and yeah. I was catching some fish on a Nico rig, which is basically a weightless plastic with a hook. I lose a six-pounder. Like he bet. I reeled down good, hit him good, like, zero chance this fish coming off jumps off and it's like i finish 11th jamie hartman finishes 10th he wins the tournament like i catch that fish he's not there i'm not going to catch him again i've burned out all my fish i have no business being in the top 10 that fish came off so jamie hartman could make the top 10 and win the tournament 
does that just believing that, I mean, so, okay. If you, if you really believe that, and I, and I do believe you do believe it, but I, I'm just, why were you crying on the way home from those earlier events? Was, was that just because you realized, I mean, I guess it's hard, but I mean, it's easy to say that when it's up, but it's hard when it's down. Right. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I needed yeah. to get beat up and roughed up and down to no hope for this all to work out, you know? <laughs> everything they're all blessings in disguise every bad thing that happens i mean it sucks at the time and it, you wonder why it's happening to you but i mean it, when it's all said and done and all over with it's all everything happens for a reason i'm not saying you can't like not go and practice and just if it's no. your time to win it's your time to win you still got to put the work in but um yeah I, I, all that stuff's predetermined yeah, and I, and I will say, as a guy that is lucky enough to hang out with you quite a bit on the road and that sort of thing, I, I mean, the, the outside facade of Seth Fighter just being this dude is just like, well, whatever happens, happens. It, it, I've never seen somebody, I mean, Gussie brought it up on the podcast. You are so meticulous when it comes to tying knots and rigging and things like that. I mean, you you believe it's predetermined, but you also believe you got to put in your work. Absolutely. Yeah. You got to control the controllable, but you know, I'm not going to tie a bad knot and break one off and then blame that on some <laughs> outside factor. You know what I mean? You're, the ship's still got to be tight. It's just, I think certain fish are caught and lost for reasons we can't explain. You brought up uh, two guys when we talked just a few minutes ago, you brought up, of course, Chris girl and Matt to your yeah. How weird was it to be competing for Angler of the Year, you know, at the top? And then you've got Matt, who's holding on by the skin of his teeth to stay in the Classic. And then you have Gro, who's trying to stay in the Elite Series, which, I mean, is a position you've been in. Could you even, I mean, I just feel like that. It, it was awkward. It was, you know, like they're, you know, having bad tournaments and and I can't do any wrong. And it's not, you know. I mean, we talk, we share stuff, and it's not like I'm lying to them or sending them on wild goose chases. It's just this year was meant to be. Like, um, there's nothing I could do about that. I hate it that the um, what's happening to grow and all that. It was awesome seeing them make top 10 at St. Lawrence. I think that was the best moment of the whole event, to be honest with you. Um, I just wish I could have watched them weigh in on day three, but talking to somebody i don't know what was going on but wasn't there either way wished i could have been it was a really cool moment i'm so happy he made it and um yeah and maddie he'll he'll be fine he made the classic he was yeah it just yeah it's, it sucks you know we want everybody in the house to do good and um i just had one of those years i like literally couldn't do anything wrong you know yeah. I just i can't explain it nothing you could go back and practice or try to duplicate or anything like that it was just meant to be i agree with you on the grow moment and, and i'll say it's one of my favorite moments of the year i mean and i was following myself i was tracking it all afternoon because you know i'm watching bass track and northern tournaments the weights are so tight i mean bass track it can be oh, tough. Yeah. i mean we pay yeah. you guys not to lie a thousand dollar bonus each week you guys get you have never got it just so you I know, never I will think. no <laughs> Um, but a thousand dollar bonus just so you guys tell the truth but we try but I, gross is usually pretty decent but i'm watching and he's like bouncing out to the top 10 he's like an 11th 12th 
10th, 9th, 8th, like he's right in that area the whole time. And so all through the way, and I mean, and I'm not cheering for anyone. Well, I mean, maybe, I don't know, but Grow, there wasn't a soul in the crowd that didn't want Grow to make the top 10, but I'm watching and when he when it came up right before whoever had weighed in right before him, I can see once they flip the screen, it shows me the next angler and what they need to take the lead or to get in the top ten and to take the lead. So I look at the top ten and I'm like, he needs 24 pounds, and I was like, oh, like I sank right there because I'm like, 24 giants, yeah. you know what I yeah. mean? Like if it was 22, 20. But when he had it, man, I, I, I was uh, it was I was elated, man. It, it, it speaking of crying, I. I think I might have, maybe I don't know. Yeah. It's probably a weird breeze in my eye. Yeah, no, it was it was awesome. I think it was the best part of the tournament, like I said. Yeah. What do you love about tournament fishing? The actual act of tournament fishing. You love it. You love tournament fishing, and, yeah. and you that's clear to see. But what do you love about tournament fishing? Oh, it's a love hate relationship, but it's a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, it's just highs and lows, and the highs feel so good, and the lows feel so bad, and that. And I'm a pretty competitive person, and it's the only thing I've ever been decent at, and um, so I enjoy that part of it. But yeah, it's it's the it's the highs and lows. Even though we hate the lows, it just makes them the highs that much better. You know what I mean? You may have just answered it, but what do you hate about tournament fishing? Same deal, though. Yeah, the bottom, the lows. I mean, it, it's a, it's constant up and down. It's, I mean, it's hard to stay level-headed. I mean, you try to as best you can, but the whole day, it's like I'm sucking, I'm sucking, I'm sucking. Oh, I was okay. We're getting good. Okay, we're doing really good. Oh, it came off. I lost them. Like, it's just yeah, it's intense. How different is this gig than what you imagined when you were a kid? When, when who was your fish? First of all, who was your fishing idol growing up? Danny Brower. Like Danny Brower, without a question. Yeah. Why? Uh, I like the way he fished. He was a flipper. Um, I mean, he was kind of King Kong when I first yeah. got into bass fishing. He was winning all the tournaments, and I like the way he fished. I mean, I bought all his stuff: rods, reels, jigs, everything. I'd, tried my best to be little Danny and uh yeah no he was hands down my biggest idol like I still couldn't even like I, I was on a different podcast and he was on there and like I was like got all clammed up and couldn't talk to him like a little school girl like I was like my face was literally like beat red like it's almost embarrassing but yeah <laughs> yeah he's my idol for sure so when you were a kid watching Denny Brower, and he was one of my favorites growing up as well. I mean, he is awesome. I'm I'm just actually very happy that he was around in the Elite Series, and I was able to announce one of his victories, his last victory on the Elite Series, unless he makes a comeback one day, which Denny Brower definitely could if he wanted to. We should just but, let him show up for, like, if he wants. Yeah. It's like we have these legend exemptions, but I think we need, like, real legend exemptions. Not for the whole season, just, like, you know, say we go to – Bulls shoals in the spring and you know it's gonna be like a bush flipping derby like he still has to pay his entry fee he's got to pay the money but just like a spot where just denny can just show up for one derby and go flip bushes and kick our asses and then not have to fish the rest of the year like i'd be fine with that. could you imagine like I, I, that like i think we need that just like like they could just pick and choose which event they wanted to fish and yeah. Um, yeah i don't think anyone would have a problem with that 
No, I, th- I think it would be awesome pitching yeah. that idea to the anglers. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring back these amazing legends of the sport, but we're not just going to bring them back for the whole year. We're going to bring them back where they're the best. <laughs> what do you think other anglers' reaction would be like? I'd be fine with it. I mean, like, dude, if you're going to lose a bush flipping tournament, who do you want to lose to? Denny, yeah. mother effing Brower. Like, <laughs> I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I no. I, I think it'd be cool as hell. I agree. I agree. I th- I think it would be really cool. I think it'd be very cool. A full season's a marathon, man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they could just pick and choose the couple they wanted to fish, you know, versus doing all nine tournaments, like, that's hard on me. I can't imagine some of them guys, you know? Is that the hardest part about this sport, being away from home and that grind of, you know, the marathon season? Now it is. Now with having kids, that's the hardest part. I mean, before I didn't mind it, but now my oldest daughter's, you know, three years old. She gets mad when I leave. Yeah. Like she gets an attitude. Like, yeah. I don't it, think it's going to get any better. You no, know? that's what I was just about to say. It's about yeah. to get three, three's when it just starts. I mean, yeah. Yeah. but I always, I always went under the theory that, you know, it's the hardest thing to leave your family but it's also the greatest thing to come home to every single time. It is. Yeah. She's jacked up. She's not mad at me the second I walk back in the door, but yeah, it sucks when you're, you know, FaceTiming her during practice and she doesn't want to talk to you because she's mad you left. It's sad. Yeah. Yeah. How different is it? And I was getting to this before we got into the Denny Brower being allowed into every single tournament he wants to fish in the future. And I'm sure I don't know if you know this, but if Danny Brower does listen to this, he's probably an instant fan of you because he'd like that rule himself. But how different is this job than what you imagined? When you looked at Danny Brower growing up and said, man, I'm going to do this one day. I'd love to do this. How different is the real being an angler of the year? How different is this career? Yeah, way more work than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> like you watch it on TV and you're like, oh, people, they just – write checks for them to just go out and go fishing for a few days that's amazing like yeah that's not the truth of it at all like i thought it was easy to get sponsors and get paid and like you don't see all of the other stuff you know all the media work and interviews and icast and trade shows and all that stuff like you know you just see you know the three four tournament days on tv and you're like oh that, that seems perfect just show up and go catch them yeah yeah no it doesn't work like that no 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 what what uh what where are you most comfortable it through all of those things when you do them all i mean and i will say i mean watching you and i use you as an example all the time when i talk to other anglers i'm like be the number one rule on the stage in my opinion for everybody I mean, our last two guests on this podcast, you and Takumi Ito, are prime examples of them. Be yourself. Don't be somebody else. Be who you are. Don't hide behind what you think. So in all those roles, I would say you've become very good. I mean, people love you on stage. People love, I mean, you look at the traffic that that anything you do online gets. I mean, it's huge. You, You found a way to succeed in all those areas, but where are you most comfortable? Well, probably still fishing. For yeah. sure. On the water. I mean, that's why we all got into this was to fish. It wasn't all, we didn't do it to become famous or do interviews and podcasts and stuff. It was just to not have to work, just go fishing. You know what I mean? That's definitely where I'm the most comfortable, but I'm like, I used to 
I'm believe it or not, a pretty shy person. Like if I don't, if like if I know you and we're buddies, like I don't seem shy. But if I've never met you, like even to this day, like I'm still afraid to talk to Greg Hackney. Why? Like, I don't. He's like one of my idols, and I don't want to like uh tarnish it or yeah exactly <laughs> like i want him to stay my idol you know what i mean like i don't want to like talk to him a bunch and hear him complain about some stupid stuff and then like lose respect for him. i'm not saying that he would or that that would happen but i'd rather like keep him where he is you know what i mean like, you want you want him to be godzilla's got nothing yes, on me exactly forever yeah. and like i see him in the way in lines and, like idol next to him at takeoff and i'm still like afraid to talk to him not because I'm like intimidated by him, but like he's he's like a you know modern day Denny Brower for me. Yeah, um, he's that guy, you know. Like, does it concern you that 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 if you just don't talk to him your entire elite series career and and continue on like this, that you guys will end up hating each other for no reason other than you are a huge fan of him? No, I think Christy. <laughs> I got the same thing going with Christy. Like I'm like can't talk to the guy and he's kind of one of them guys he won't really talk to you unless you talk to him so i mean dude, there's been moments we've been like next to each other in the bag line it's just been silent for two minutes and it's kind of awkward and he probably thinks i don't like him but he's the same deal he's like one of my heroes and like uh i don't know like i'd rather just keep him my hero you know i never get to see the bag line what happens back there i mean what do you uh, guys it's do a lot when... of moaning you know, a lot of every, moaning yeah everybody's talking about the one they lost how much weight they would have had uh yada 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 yeah it doesn't matter one relationship that i think uh is very special to you and i think it's it's also been very huge for your career and i remember the day um and me and wes miller refer to it as the zona rub and and you know when you get the zona rub it it's pretty strong and uh, i remember I mean, I guess it, it was, it wasn't, it might've been, it's either Malax or lacrosse. I don't know which it was, but I remember Zona calling me one night and he's like, fill me in on this amazing fighter, man. We had just coined you the amazing fighter, man. And he's like, cause he had talked to you, but, but he, but he wanted, you know, to know more about you as a person and everything. And obviously you guys got together uh, and have become great friends. And, and I think, he's done amazing things for your career you guys have helped each other a lot tell me about that relationship yeah no absolutely he's done more than i could ever mention for my career and could ever thank him i try to and um yeah i mean the guy's just he's amazing you know i mean getting to do shows with him every year is huge for me and just talking to him for advice on stuff like the you know sponsor stuff and how to handle this how to handle that i mean the guy's just he's been through it seen it all and he's i mean he's good at what he does and it's nice you know like just even the, in, in the commentary on live just how he talks about me helps out um you know it's huge it's huge like yeah. next week we're going to shoot zona shows it's going to be a really fun time where are you going you uh, to say? no can't tell you whatever are we're you going to serious yeah we're going to saskatoon bay again oh okay <laughs> of course you are yeah of course you i don't are. know if the barter's open but that's where it's happening yeah they're they'll probably be biting in saskatoon bay well yeah you can't tell people where you're going anymore it just everything gets ruined 
Uh, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. A lot of things do get ruined because every, I mean, ICAST is a prime example of that. Everybody's screaming about every single lure. You weren't supposed to see these, like everybody, why aren't baits ready the day that they're released? Well, because you were never supposed to see this, the way this was designed, this is an industry show. And somehow over the years, it's become a public thing. And, and it, a lot of things do get exposed. Is that one of the toughest things as an Elite Series Pro, keeping secrets secret? Like one of the things this past tournament was, not that it's a secret anymore, but the freaking Marabou jig. Like there is people that I never, ever imagined would throw the fluff or fluffing themselves into a freaking top 50. Yeah, I think there's more Marabou jigs in the state of Alabama <laughs> now than there is in Canada. <laughs> no doubt about it. Yeah, it's kind of funny watching them fish it, but hey, it works. I mean, we, we throw their baits when we go down there, so. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, you can only see it happen so many times before you know you got to get in on it, but it's just funny listening to them talk about it and stuff and like, yeah. What, what do they say? Oh, I just like their setup and stuff, like i know a lot of guys were throwing it on like straight six pound fluorocarbon like i couldn't even imagine they could probably throw a thing like 30 feet it's pretty <laughs> hilarious but yeah it's just they're they're getting it i mean there's guys catching them on it too they'll Is figure it out they're all smart dudes it takes them a couple of years they'll probably be better at it than we are is it harder for a southern angler to come north or a northern angler to come south I mean, I'm going to have a pretty biased opinion of that because I struggled so bad down south, so I think it's harder to go down south. But um, I don't know. Just fishing up north seems easy. Like, I mean, I know it's different, but obviously our we have more fish in our lakes. I feel like they're easier to catch. It should be easy for them to come up here. But I think the thing they struggle with so much is really like a quarter pound difference in a fish is massive yeah like you go down south you get some bites like okay we got a good spot you know what i mean but the difference between being on a school of three pounders versus three and a quarters or three and a halfs or three and three quarters is like everything up north and i think they get stuck you know they catch a couple three pounders and they're like oh yeah there's some big ones here and it's like no every one of those fish is three pounds like and i think that's where they struggle versus down south if you just get some bites decent sized bites there's probably some big ones there and when you get in that small mouth where every spot every ounce is a spot on the leaderboard and yeah. you're on the fish are a quarter pound smaller than the guys that are really way up there catching them that's that's a big difference like um i think that's probably the hardest part you know because it's easy to get bit up north and i think they catch some three pounders and they think they're on something and then they come in with 15 pounds and don't do that up north. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in a world of hurt. A guy that we're talking about overcoming the south versus north and different. A guy that's overcome so much more than all of that is our final winner of the season, Takumi Ito. A guy who hadn't fished smallmouth two years ago to win that event. Does that blow your mind? Uh, not after what I saw him do last year. I mean, I was kind of surprised last year. Like, okay yeah never fished for smallmouths before and I think whatever every place he went he made a top 10 so this year i wasn't i wasn't surprised about it um super happy for him awesome dude but uh i think we really need to talk about what Corey did wrong not so much what taku did right let's just put him on blast 
you are the AOY uh, champion. So uh, I mean, he uh, left one on the table there. We no doubt about it. He, he won at home. Like it was his week. to lose. He won a won a big derb at home this that's week. That's because Lynn. That's because Lynn was in the boat. Well, so his dad's the closer. You're saying. Well, Chris is a closer too. Obviously, <laughs> Lynn's obviously a closer. Corey, uh, I mean, he he has needs, he ta- needs to get it done at some point in time. Like, <laughs> and that was like his chance. Like his brother even backed off. Like. Corey, it's your time to win, and I don't think Chris will ever let that happen again. Like, I so wish I could have been with those two the night after the tournament. Like, it, there's no doubt it was very entertaining. I, I, tell me about rooming with those two idiots. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I, I love it when they fight. They're just your typical really close brothers that just the smallest thing on planet Earth will turn into a fight. It's just hilarious watching them. Like you can tell they've been doing that their whole life, you know. It's just the most pettiest shit they're fighting over. It's like hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like bag of worms, a spool line, a waypoint. Like, yeah. It's awesome. Yeah, they are awesome. And uh and you are awesome, my friend. I'm gonna ask you, um, this this win. This angler of the year title. I mean, a lot of people talk about it. Like, you know, you carry it for a year. It's a, it's a big deal. You, it's, it's more than just winning a tournament. I mean, you, you, it's a title and, and, and you represent our sport in many ways. Well, what different angler of the year say different things. And they say, I, I'd like to be remembered for this or that. What would you like your angler of the year victory to be remembered for, or to prove to people? Um, I don't know. I never thought about that. Um, what did it prove to you? I, I'm just happy we brought the title back up north. I know that. Yeah. I mean, it's you know our sports dominated by nothing against. I, I love all the boys down south. Our sports dominated by Alabama, Texas, Florida. You know that's kind of it's cool to bring one home for the north. And um, not that Kevin Van Dam didn't do enough of that, but um, this one's First for one the boys. Minnesota you know? though. First oh, one absolutely. in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. First one yeah. with an angler with a mullet. Like we can catch them down south too. You know, that's all I'm saying. Do you think that you winning angler of the year? What do you think that'll do for other, you know, anglers that are that are wanting to make that next step? Do you think that just gives them that much more confidence to say, "Hey, I can do it too"? Yeah. No, I think just looking in the opens and like all that stuff. There's a lot more guys coming out of Minnesota, Wisconsin area. And I think it is good confidence booster for them. A bunch of guys I grew up fishing team tournaments against, you know, sometimes they beat me, sometimes I beat them. And then see me win angler of the year. I mean, that's got to be a big confidence boost to them. Like, oh yeah, I kicked his ass on Gull Lake back in 2004. I can, I can be on the elite series and good for them. Hopefully they can, you know. Who, who and after yesterday, after after yesterday, I'm sure there's a lot of them <laughs> ready to sign up for the opens. <laughs> yeah, which good. I'm, I'm glad they do. We need them. I like seeing the northern boys do well, especially you know the way our tournaments are set up. I mean, hell, we fish seven ninths of a season down south. Like, yeah, seven ninths. Yeah, like if it was split <laughs> half and half, I think. I think the angler of the year race look a lot different. What do you think of the schedule next year? Uh, I'm pretty good with it. I'm curious to see what that TBA one's kind of scaring me. 
it sounds like a Sabine River or like Winnie Bay or something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping it's somewhere good. Um, but even though, hell, I was on Tonka yesterday and I caught a bigger bag on the Sabine River when we were there. So maybe the Sabine's not so bad. I don't know. But uh, I'd like to see it. I don't know where it's going to go. Um, I really like that Santee, Harrison, um, Harris Chain, Santee Cooper, Farkenby, the Slugfest. Uh, the Northern events will be cool. Um, you know, yeah, should be a good year. It'll be big weights all year unless the TBA one's like somewhere. I don't know. It's just a weird date. You know what I mean? It's like, it's almost like too early to go up north. It'll be like a spawn event. It's like too late to fish down south, in my opinion. Um, so I'm kind of curious to see where it goes. I just, I feel like I'm going to be disappointed when it's announced. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, but like, I just, I don't know. It'll, I think it'll be somewhere I don't want to go. If you, if you could put it anywhere, where would you put it? I think with those dates, I'd like to see like a Potomac River or Chesapeake Bay. As we go any further south than that, the fishing's not going to be great. We go any further north than that, and it's going to be a spawning smallmouth event. And, I mean, they're cool, but like, they're not that cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, we don't need a bunch of flogging derbies. You, you're not a big flogger? I mean, I will if I have to, but I'd rather just go there like two weeks later or two weeks earlier, but most of those places are closed then. I just um yeah i mean i'll weigh in a spot in smallmouth i got no problem with it i just i'd rather go after they're done spawning if we're gonna fish up north i knew you long before you were the amazing fighter man i also knew you before the your mustache had a <laughs> had its own instagram account but one of the things that you've always looked up to and you've, I mean, we've had conversations about it. I didn't even remember, you know, like before I even really knew you, you would tell me about Shaw Grigsby's mustache. Is it finally time for you to accept the fact that you're not just an angler of the year, but you have the greatest mustache in professional bass fishing? It's not true. Who, and, I mean, and, I, it mine's decent, but like if you put me side by side with Shaw Grigsby, ain't no way. What, what no does, way is it just what how does he beat you is it is it just more full i mean yeah it's bigger it's thicker and it looks way harder like mine's pretty coarse but like i feel like his mustache could stop a punch <laughs> <laughs> like that thing is like intense like i don't know but i think mustaches get better with age so i think like maybe in five to ten years i might be in that shaw greg's range but his is, I mean, I have not seen a better one. It's, it's pretty phenomenal. It's pretty yeah. phenomenal. I'm not saying I'm not, you know, in the top 10 of bass fishing mustaches, but definitely not number one. Who else is up there, do you think? Is it you, Shaw? I mean, there's some good ones. I, I mean, Den Denny had a good one yeah. in his prime. I think he's kind of a little more, I think he's doing more of a one of these things now. Where is um, Al Dane's mustache rate? Oh, <laughs> I love the effort, man. It's, it, <laughs> I, lo I love that he's going for it, but yeah, it's it's, I mean, it's it's not in the top ten, no. 
I like, I like that he's doing it. Problem is, a lot of the guys that have really good mustaches got a lot of other stuff going on. You know, what I mean, they got beards and stuff like that, so it's hard to judge them. I'm strictly just a mustache guy, just because I don't really get much facial hair anywhere else. Like, I'd have a, I'd have a ZZ Top beard if I could grow one. I just can't. Like, I'm real patchy on the sides, and like, it's just the mustaches. I was meant to have a mustache and nothing else, so it's hard to compare because there's a lot of good mustaches out there. But like I said, the guy's got full beards and like goatees and other stuff. As far you know, as far as just a straight mustache, um, you know, there's not a lot of like standalone ones out there. Biffle used to have a good one. I remember that. Oh yeah, um, yeah. A lot of the legends did. You know, I mean, that was kind of the era. You know. Yeah. Sure. yeah yeah do, does the do, do you does the mustache make you more powerful absolutely i caught him better have... once i started growing it. long hair and a mustache i'll catch more fish like if i shave my head and my face clean that bright blank <laughs> how, how much money would i have to donate to charity to get you to shave your mustache yeah not happening it's not well happening. i could probably shave it right now because i'd have time for it to grow back before fishing season but i think my wife would be the only person that would be happy about that your wife doesn't like the mustache no doesn't Come like on. the mustache or the mullet but uh bad news for her like <laughs> it's gonna take a long streak of like really bad finishes for that to even be thought about changing uh, i'm actually I really like your wife and I'm actually really amazed that she doesn't hate us because I mean, me, Zona and our whole group of idiots have really done everything we can to turn you into this character. Yeah, <laughs> so no, she, yeah it sucks, sucks to be her, but uh, <laughs> yeah, she's just going to have to deal with it. It'd probably take two years of like terrible finishes for me to even contemplate it. Well, I don't, I hope that that is nothing you ever contemplate seth fighter but uh Me too. It, it 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 is i just want to say congratulations dude i mean it's 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 been awesome watching you all year um it's been awesome watching what you've done in this sport really and and how you've done it is just by being yourself and i think that's one of the the coolest things out there yeah appreciate it thank you hey seth fighter you remember that time you you won angler of the year yeah that was awesome that was awesome huh <laughs> Yeah. So I got one last question for you, and then All I'm right. leaving you. Hit me. Seth Fighter, you are Bassmaster Angler of the Year. You joined a League of Legends. It is the offseason. What have you got planned? Um, do a little bit of fun fishing. I'm gonna kill a lot of green heads. And I am gonna get my wife pregnant again, <laughs> but it's gonna be more like I think we're shooting for january so i don't know if we'll know if we're pregnant until maybe like the second or third or fourth tournament but yeah january that way we can have the kid after the season's over so i think december or january i'm gonna, I'm gonna throw one more in her and <laughs> see what happens <laughs> there's no better way to end this interview than that Seth fighter you are awesome you're an original and you are an angler of the year and i love you <laughs> too bud we'll see it how good a dude is that guy i mean i'm so proud of seth fighter his amazing family and um 
I'm proud of the person he is. I'm proud of everything he's accomplished. But most of all, I'm, I'm just proud to be his friend. I mean, he is a good dude, a real human being. And he is a Bassmaster Angler of the Year. Unbelievable. Just showing you that if you're willing to commit and follow your dreams and work hard, anything can happen. And that definitely did for Seth Fighter. So here's what I'd like to have happen. Just give us a like. If you enjoyed this, give us a like. I know it sounds trivial and stupid, and I don't beg you for these things a lot. Or I'm trying not to do it. I'm trying to wean myself off of it. But just drop a like. That's all you do. Go down in the corner, hit that like button. I get it. It's weird and it's silly, but it makes a difference in this world. And so do people like Seth Fighter. So if you like interviews like that, drop a like. Enjoy being. Have a great week. And we'll see you next time. Buffalo soldier. Bread like rasta. Thanks for watching. Please like, comment, and subscribe. Because Bob Cobb of the Bassmasters told you to. You hear?